Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. We're glad to be back. Mm-hmm. Hope you're well. Crazy times in this world, isn't it? That's right. We have people listening from all over the world. So we have friends everywhere. We love it. Mm-hmm. By the way, just thanks for sharing the podcast and the movement. It's really exciting. Over a half a million downloads since uh, the podcast started and things are really moving right along. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. uh, it's been a journey, huh, honey? Yeah. And things are building with um, having a new course available, the Homeschool yeah. Blueprint. Oh. We've got over yeah. 250 people that are going through the course right now. Um, and, and some people have asked me, Angie, is this a course that teaches like parents how to homeschool mm-hmm. or is this a course you put your kids in? And I just want to verify that this is for parents to go through to help them navigate the oh. the throes of homeschooling. Oh, interesting. Didn't know there was confusion on that. I know. Well, not a lot. Just some people have asked. Yeah. And so it's kind of, you know, listen, every profession out there yeah. goes and gets educated for the profession, mm-hmm. right? And and there's ongoing training for different things, right? Dentists have to continue their education. Teachers yeah. have to continue their education. And you, as a homeschool parent, are a teacher. So, and so yeah. getting continuing your education, continuing to like incur, get encouraged to keep staying the course is important. So the two places you can find things, CourageousMom.com, CourageousParenting.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the two home bases for everything. We're so excited to talk about this topic for marriage conversations to help mm-hmm. with loneliness. And um, sometimes nobody even knows you're lonely. Isn't that true? And sometimes mm-hmm. we feel it inside and sometimes we're so busy we don't realize mm-hmm. we're really lacking that deep friendship we really desire. Yeah. I've been getting a lot of messages from mom recently. I would say that, you know, with the quarantine, it's probably a little bit more so than it would be if we weren't, right? Because spring is coming here in Oregon right now. And and so it's a fun time to be outside and to yeah. be going to the park and doing play dates outside and things like that. And people can't really do that right now. And so the, the messages I've been getting a lot more often have been about being lonely. Um, and so we have some encouragement for you guys in regards to your marriage and this particular topic. Yeah, I think it's really timely, but it's always going to be important. And, um, you know, so let's dive into it. We have four keys for you here. Mm -hmm. And the first one is to share uh, the desires for your marriage relationship and how you want it to grow. This is an important one. Um, for Isaac and I, this is something that we've done our whole marriage. Mm. Um, we, You guys know that we have talked about visioneer dating or mm. going on a date where you're spending time um, visioneering together, thinking about where you're at now, evaluating, giving things a number, and then 
making goals and and just sure. talking and dreaming together. We even have a date night one sheet that can be really powerful for people. That's on our website. If you haven't joined our mailing list, you can go to courageousparenting.com, join the mailing list and get that free download that we've had available for quite a while now. Yeah. Um, and so I, I definitely, if you haven't done that, if this is your first time listening, I recommend <laughs> doing that for sure. Um, but we've taught couples this for many years, actually. And it's a really basic practice of going on a date and spending some time intentionally talking about the the desires that you have for change, for mm-hmm. growth, for um, maybe growing your friendship more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to also talk about intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of different categories, if you will. Um, I, I, I if this is something that is resonating with you right now, I also want to just recommend one of our very first podcasts, which was on visioneering for families, right? Yeah. Because a lot of those questions can be morphed into that. But too. Angie, sometimes this can be really uncomfortable depending on where the marriage relationship is at. Yeah. Sometimes one of the spouses is wanting to have deeper conversation, the other one isn't, or mm-hmm. maybe doesn't talk very much when asked a question that is trying to go deep. And mm-hmm. so how would, you know, yeah. if, if there's some nervousness to enter into these kinds of deeper conversations, what would you say to that? It's interesting that um, you're bringing that up because I actually get a lot of messages from women specifically. I can only speak from what yeah. the women's side of things. Maybe you can speak to the men's side of yeah. things. But I get a lot of messages from women who are in that exact same boat where they've maybe had a conversation with their husband, they've brought up the desire for growth and change, and then they don't see anything or their husband rolls their eyes, or they just kind of brush it off and move on and don't mm-hmm. really um, try, actually. And so um, I, to those women, I always encourage them with First Peter 3, which talks about um, women encouraging their husbands um by their conduct, right? It says that if, if any of you are married to a man who is disobeying the word of God, that he may be won over by your conduct. Mm-hmm. And so um, just encouraging women with that particular scripture, it doesn't say that you'll win them over by your words. It doesn't right. say that you're going to win them over by your leadership. It doesn't say you're going to win them over by uh, anything except your conduct. Mm-hmm. And so really we can't change other people, but we can be faithful with what God's called us to. And that's yeah. what we're actually going to be held accountable to. And I, as I've over the years encouraged women with that, cause that's something that I even like have had to go, you know what, with little things or whatever it is, like, I just need to worry about myself. Why am I focused about him when I need to focus on what I need to be working on? And when we actually stop ourselves in the moment of, because it's easy to get down on ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? Or get down on your marriage and be like overly critical Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. of your spouse. And so in those moments, the thing that I've tried to do, which I hope is an encouragement to you, is to just stop and actually look first, like Matthew 6 says, see if there's any plank in your own eye because Mm -hmm. you can't go to your spouse and go, Hey, I really wish you, I don't know. I wish you didn't play video games or I know that there, I get those complaints from (laughs) women too, like that their husbands spend a lot of time on video games. Like you can't go to them and be like pointing out the speck in their eye. If maybe you're constantly on social media, that's your video game in a sense, right? right? Like, I just think that first thing we always do before we confront anything is we go to Matthew six and we, we pray and we ask God to reveal what's going on in our heart. First, remove the plank from our own eyes so we can do surgery. Right. Yeah. And pray 
That's the third thing, right? So one would be with your conduct, be faithful yeah. and you can win them over. Two is going to be make sure you're not being a hypocrite. Take out the speck out of your own eye. And three would be to be praying, 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 because prayer can change people's hearts. So, yeah, I was thinking for the guys, you know, if they're the ones that are being distant or not wanting to engage in real relationship, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, are you hiding something? Um, mm. The second thing that comes to mind is, do you realize in some ways you're being a bit of a traitor? Um, because you committed mm. on the wedding day um, to be that best friend and to be mm. that person that goes the distance and to nurture your wife and to protect her and to build relationship ongoing. And if it was a Christian marriage, you probably even made a commitment to be the spiritual leader. And so why do I use such strong words? Well, one, I want to get your attention, but I think it's um, true, though, because mm -hmm. if you made a commitment and you're going back on that commitment um, in terms of relationship, you're still married and you're committed to the marriage, maybe, but you're not committed to the relationship. Hmm. That is a sense of being a traitor. Um, because um, if one person's trying and you're not, and I think a lot of times is there's burdens on husbands that they're not speaking about. They're not having uh, a sense of uh, camaraderie in their relationship where they're openly talking about things. Mm. Now, on the wife's side, there could be reasons for that. It could be that he gets beat up every time he tries to enter into something serious that's mm -hmm. financial or, or his mistakes or Whatever these or kinds maybe of there's been trust that was broken in the past and a wife hasn't forgiven her husband and isn't trusting him financially. Just, yeah. you know, thinking about different things. And, and that can even go into other aspects. Like if a husband struggled with, let's just say they struggled with pornography mm -hmm. and then they repented and they grew out of that, there still may be a bitter root. There yeah. might have been full forgiveness or uh, trust restored yet. Now, I'm, I'm not, for some people, they can experience that right away. Other people, it takes longer yep. to rebuild trust. And that's actually the consequence that that's part of the consequence, the sowing and the reaping that the husband experiences, yeah. right? Because of what they sowed. And, um, but we, should definitely be trying and striving and walking faithfully in what God's called us to in forgiveness or yeah. whatever it is, if there is something. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's huge. And, um, you know, it's sometimes you have to go through short-term pain in the relationship to have long-term gain in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is you might be hiding something, a financial decision you made that wasn't helpful. Maybe you made an investment without her knowing, or maybe you uh, are uncertain about your career and you're trying to have this image of strength. There's an element of that that's important and there's good timing for everything when you tell, share tough news. But at the same time, your relationship needs to supersede all things except for your relationship with God. And if, if it's not, if your relationship with someone at work or uh, a business partner or these kinds of things that can really come in between those things. And I think it's super, super important to um, keep your marriage first. There's a great scripture in Genesis um, that talks about how man was alone because Adam was alone. It was him and he had a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, he wasn't alone, but he really, God really felt like it would be even better mm -hmm. if he wasn't 
uh, alone and there was another human to run the race with. And so in the Lord, God said, and this is in Genesis 2.18, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So I think that mm-hmm. is really cool is that we are made to be in human connection. In fact, I really believe and scripture validates this, that, mm-hmm. um, you know, to become one flesh. Why is that? Because you have different strengths and different weaknesses. And when you're together, they should complement each other and become stronger. Mm-hmm. The truth is, and we know this because we've done a lot of you know seminars and things yeah, on marriages, marriage seminars, is, yeah. is that those places where you complement each other are also potential friction points. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times in marriage, you only look at those differences as a negative because in your experience, sometimes they have been a negative. Mm-hmm. But if you instead go, wow, that's a positive, and then start acting maturely together, they really can be a positive. Mm-hmm. I think too, um, what I'm going to say might rub some people a little bit wrong, but I think that sometimes when we aren't appreciative of yeah. the opposite complementarian gift that's in our spouse, yeah. it might be because we actually are struggling with pride, thinking that the way we do something is actually better or right, yeah. and the way they do something is wrong or not as good. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I just want to call that out because that's I know that that's something that is a sanctifying lesson to learn. Yeah. Um, it's important that we put words and a label on it so that we can say, Lord, search my heart if there's any wayward way in me. Yeah. If I am struggling with this. One example would be like if your husband tries to help you and he loads the dishwasher and mm-hmm. he doesn't do it the way that you do it and you get Little mad. Things and you think you have to redo it, then you definitely are probably struggling with that. And the only reason, guys, listen, I say this over and over again in podcasts, and I say it in the parenting program. The -hmm. only reason why I'm able to bring up these examples is because I've struggled with them myself. I've had to walk through them. So if it is a little bit painful to hear these things at times, I bring it up, I'm bringing this up because I've been there. And praise God that his spirit sanctified me and helped me to get to the place to be able to repent and change and grow. And I want that for you, my younger sisters in the Lord, or or my sisters. Maybe you're not younger. Um, maybe you are in your 40s, right? Um, maybe you're older. Yeah. I want growth for you because I want I want spiritual maturity in my Amen. sisters in Christ. And so um, I'm I'm just bringing this up. Because we need to be willing to ask the hard questions of ourselves, not just always our husbands. Yeah. Right? So what are specifics? I think it's important to get very specific when you talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And by the way, don't lay it all on in one evening. You might have this big (laughs) list and you're like, oh, here's the 10 things I wish were better about our relationship. The husband's going to go like, he can take one arrow. I mean, he kind of feels this way sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then he can take another arrow. Maybe he can hold two arrows in his body at the same time. But the third and fourth and fifth arrow, pretty soon you're getting to a point where he kind of subconsciously throws his hands in the Mm -hmm. air and just listens without listening and you get no response. Or maybe the response you get is, oh, okay, so I'm horrible. When they say that, you know that they're just taking the hits and they're not really genuinely 
there. And so, again, this is something that we've had to learn over time. Yeah. Um, I was the one that would like not deal with things for a while. And Isaac was working super hard when we were first married. He wasn't around a whole lot the first like four years. I mean, obviously on weekends, but he traveled more, got up early before we mm-hmm. the kids got up in the morning. A lot of times yeah, would leave, come home time. super late after they'd gone to bed many days mm-hmm. a week. And so um, there wasn't a lot of opportunity for me to actually bring up things to him because then when he was home, it was like, we got to do something fun with the kids. We've and we were gone, doing right? hospitality for work and for church. church and, yeah. 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 And so I think that it's really important. Here's a little side tip that you prioritize having a date night or a night even weekly, where you're able to connect, maybe not always talking about this kind of stuff, but it's important that you don't let things build up, is my point. Because what would happen with us is things would build up, and then I'd bring them all to Isaac, and by the third or fourth thing, he would be like, whoa, I'm way done. And I thought I was just warming up, you know? And that was just, and it wasn't okay. And here's another thing that I think is really important for women to hear also, or for men, if you are willing to dish it, you need to be willing to take it too. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is, is nobody's perfect. Yeah. And so one of the things, one of the questions that Isaac and I have tried to ask is, how can I be better? Mm-hmm. And that's a really important question to ask each other. How can I be a better wife? How can I be a better husband? How do you feel our relationship's going? You know, is there anything mm-hmm. I can do to um, nurture it more? You know, yeah. I mean, as simple as that. And those are scary questions sometimes mm-hmm. because you're, you, you might feel like you're accepting an arrow in the stomach. Mm-hmm. And really, it's not. We shouldn't look at it that way. We should go, I'm accepting feedback so my team can be stronger. Yeah. I'm accepting feedback so my marriage is better image for my kids to see. I'm accepting feedback so that I can grow as a leader. Mm-hmm. Those are the kinds of things we need to think about. And so yeah. we really need to get specific, though. And so here's the challenge. Figure out one or two specific things Mm -hmm. you can share with your wife or you can share with your husband. Mm -hmm. I also want to bring in an element when you were speaking. That was so good, Isaac. I'm I'm receiving feedback so that I can. All these I cans. I think that's really cool. One thing that was coming to mind is that, and it kind of is in alignment with growth because sanctification, the definition of sanctification is growth, right? Mm. But realizing that that's like, part of the journey of the Christian life is that we would be growing in spiritual maturity and sanctified. We would allow God to refine us. And one of the ways it's important that we recognize that one of the main reasons for marriage is actually so that God can use that relationship to grow each person. Mm. We are one another's accountability partners. We are that iron sharpens iron in each other's life. The first one, actually. Mm. And so when you see the purpose behind that in marriage and you recognize that that's one way that you are living a God-centered marriage is to not avoid those hard conversations. And that if you really want to have the thriving, growing marriage that continues on for 30, 40 years where you're leaving a legacy of a strong marriage, this is a huge element of that. Yeah. I actually don't think you can have that. You can be married for 20 or 40 years, but not really ever deal with those issues, not ever really grow. Yeah. And your legacy will reflect that. Yeah. Well, hey, we have three more points and they're really important. A lot of times it gets even deeper as we go towards the end. But real quick, uh, first of all, if you're watching the video version, you might be wondering what happened with your set. (laughs) 
and, yeah, I uh, well, it's we didn't have time to reset the set because, Sorry, guys. because we've been busy. Uh, we just shot, um, we've been working on a workshop, a health nutrition uh, workshop. It, yeah, it's so, called Healthy Home Mom Hacks, and which that's going to be available soon. Which is free, by the way. So when yeah. it's available, we'll put it in the show notes on here. Uh, it should be this week, mm-hmm. uh, which is totally free. It's about 50 minutes and super practical, super helpful stuff mm-hmm. and uh, with a PDF download and all that stuff. So, uh, But the other thing I want to mention is the Parenting Mentor Program. We wanted to welcome you into um, this, the, the course that we have put the most work on in and has the most content in because it really puts out there, distills down the biblical parenting model we've done over the last almost 20 years raising our eight kids. Yeah. And it really is practical, pointed, really well done and self-paced and we would love to have you part of that and the people that are part of that we actually invite you into deeper closer relationship to and connection with us our conversations we're able to talk about things that we normally wouldn't talk about on the podcast or online you're part of the private facebook group and Mm -hmm. you have text message access to us and things like that yeah it's a lot easier to be able to connect with people when they can share their personal situations and ask for advice and things like that and we can pray for people when we don't have the advice (laughs) by the way if you're loving the podcast would would you share it would you give us a five-star review a written review that all those things help the algorithms and help the mission of one million legacies so let's go into point two um by the way point two is discussing individual relationship your individual relationship with god and then point three is going to be discussing friendships in your life. And point four is discuss the mission. So let's go into point two. Okay. So we actually have a scripture verse in John 15, verse five. I just love John 15. It's vineyard. And of course, you know, oh, since yeah. we had the vineyard, that yeah. was very, um, that was a huge point of why we were doing that. Yeah. I am the vine, verse five. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me. You can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. I love that scripture, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's so important. And, you know, it's, it's, it's important that your spouse knows what your real walk with God is. Mm-hmm. This is both ways. So Angie should always know mm-hmm. how I'm doing in my walk with the Lord. And I should always know how she's doing because you each have an individual relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. And, and it makes the marriage more powerful, right? Because when your relationship with God is stronger, you're able to hear the convictions the Holy Spirit's giving you. You're able to get the wisdom. You're the the Bible leaps off the page as you're pursuing yeah. Him. If you're seeking, this all makes sense. If you're not seeking, it's actually in the Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's confusing. Yeah, and what's interesting too is that you're a you're a better, more biblical friend if you are abiding in Him. Yeah, and if you're not abiding in Him, then your relationships will reflect that. Yeah, including your marriage, right? Yeah, that's the most important one. So, yeah, if you want to be more patient, if you want to be more kind, long suffering, all the fruits of the spirit, well, then we have to be in God's word mm-hmm. so that fruit can come flow out of us. 
Because otherwise, we're just walking in the flesh. If we're walking in the flesh, we're going to be edgy, short with each other. Mm-hmm. We're going to assume that they're going to say something negative and cut them off. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have these bad ruts in our relationship mm-hmm. of assumption where we need to have a fresh, clean uh, start sometimes mm-hmm. and assume the best. I always call it, I teach our kids this all the time, assume virtue in each in other. In each other, yeah. And that's an important thing to remember in regards to your relationship with your spouse because it's easy, especially the longer you've been married, I actually think that it's easier for people to get into those ruts of expectations, mm-hmm. an expectation rut, if you will. Um, and I think that that actually would be a good question to evaluate to ask yourself, are there any expectation ruts in my marriage? Mm-hmm. Does my husband seem to think that I'm going to respond in a certain way every single time? Do I? And then ask the same thing. Does my wife think that I'm going to respond? In this? It's a good, healthy question that we need to ask ourselves because the reality is that sometimes our nonverbals yeah. right, can be uh, consistent for many, many years and create a reputation with our spouse, right? Yeah. About certain things. Or maybe we have bad habits, bad attitudes ourselves. Like maybe we roll our eyes or maybe we grumble under our breath or maybe we like there's a lot of things that we really need to ask the question like, you know, my husband, does he does oh, yeah. he see that? And what is how does that impact his ability to lead or, oh, yeah. you know, there's a, just a lot of questions about that kind of stuff that I think we need to ask ourselves or what kind of. So as a wife, I would ask myself. Is there an expectation rut that maybe I've put my husband, like I expect certain things from him or I expect him not to do certain oh, things, yeah. right? So for example, you know, honey-do lists, right. right? That's a point of contention for a lot of couples. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't recognize that, um, you know, by putting things on the honey-do list, maybe their husband's starting to feel like they're being bossed around. Yeah. And, and, you know, that would be an important conversation to go, hey, you know, what? I just kind of noticed that maybe you don't really seem excited when we're talking about like household chores and stuff. Do you not like me to put together a list of things that I notice are broken? Mm. How, well, then how should we handle those broken things? When yeah. I find something broken, should I not tell you and you just figure it out? Yeah. Because you're not really ever in the laundry room or, you know, like have the conversation. Yeah. Because you need to be able to communicate about like practical things that need to happen in the home. Yeah. But they need to be received in conversation from one another in a way that is respectful, loving, kind, not um, angry or bitter or any mm-hmm. of these things, right? Because that's actually one of the main things that I actually get a lot of questions yeah. from is women going, okay, especially right now with everybody being at home together, right? More things go broken because they're being used more often. Yeah. And then they feel like they're constantly like putting more things on the list and husbands are like, I'm trying to work from home. Here's a thought because if you listen a lot and you're the guy, then you know you're supposed to be the spiritual leader or you're reminded often of that. Or if you yeah. follow Resolute.man on Instagram, I'm constantly reminding men of that. And it, the question I have for you, it's a rhetorical question here. Is it good leadership to share with your wife your struggle in your relationship with God? It's a kind of a trick question. And the answer is, it is good leadership. Good leadership isn't pretending to be strong. Mm-mm. Good leadership is actually confiding in your teammate of when you're weak. Mm-hmm. So that she can pray for you. She might even go, you know what? I notice you're really working hard. And I notice when the 
kids are all over you when you get home and then you're tired at night. Let's talk about how we can find a little more time for you to read the word. Let's yeah. find a little more time. Maybe you just need a, a half a day to go, you know, get in the word and pray and write something or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on a Saturday, uh, you know, these kinds of things. And I think that's the same too for, for the wife to share with the husband. Mm-hmm. Wow. I've just run in ragged. I don't have enough time. I'm tired. Maybe you're pregnant or something like that and a lot going on. Um, now the husband could pray for you and can find times for you to be alone. I think that the key though, is that, um, you're both putting the needs of each other above your own needs. Most yeah. people, we live in such a self preserving, selfish, ego driven society just mm-hmm. in general. And it's, that's human nature. That's the flesh, right? That wants to do that. And so a lot of times you see women that complain about being lonely. And Mm -hmm. I did say complain because it is complaining. Like what's the definition of complaining? Um, And I'm not saying that you shouldn't share with friends about that. Actually, you should because you need lots of prayer. Um, But I think that complaining is when it's like, oh man, I'm this and he never and that's not healthy for yeah. your marriage. That's not productive. How is, do you, do you have friendships where if you do that, they're going to say, honey, I really think you're being disrespectful to your husband right now. Yeah. Because seriously, what you're doing is you're tempting that friend to sit and listen to the gossip about your husband and it's not right. going to help your marriage. And so instead you need to have the perspective of like, oh, wow. Okay. This is really in my heart. I need to confess this to my husband yeah. and be putting the needs of one another above your own needs. And when you do that, usually it's reciprocated, right? And yeah. so like maybe one of you just doesn't know how to love the other person in that way. So one of you has to go out on the limb and go, hey, do you need a couple hours to just go be by yeah. yourself? And then it might get reciprocated. Like you need, both need to communicate about what you need. And if one of you notices that the other's relationship isn't strong and you stop noticing them reading the word and so forth, then we should welcome the other one going, hey, I'm, how are you doing? Are like you, I notice. I notice. I mean, yeah, you're edgy. Mm-hmm. You're not, the walk in the spirit yep. maybe isn't there. Uh, and a lot of times if you're, this here's a, a communication tip. <laughs> if you're about to give somebody constructive feedback, ask permission first. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you mind if I share something with you I'm noticing? Mm-hmm. And then the other person's like, I want to say no, but I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think that it's, well, I think. And then they're way more receiving mm-hmm. of it. I think it's also a good tip to have the conversation about, like, if you've not had those kinds of conversations, maybe it needs to be brought up at a date night first and go, yeah. hey, you know, I really f- wish that we were able to be more open with one another where you, when you noticed me being edgy or maybe sharp yeah, or not having a good attitude about doing housework or whatever it is. I, I, I want us to have the kind of marriage yeah. where when you see that you can hold me accountable, but in a way that's not disrespectful to me in front of our kids. Yeah. And I want to do the same for you. Yeah. And it's important to actually communicate that desire, which is the first thing we were talking about, like share your desires for relationship growth. That would be a huge thing to bring up in your marriage and go, I want to have that kind of relationship. So then you're setting the stage for being able to talk into one another's lives, but also receive that from one another. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So let's go to point three, which is discuss friendships. Right. And so having clarity on what you want 
Yeah. So we're talking about specifically friendships with other people, right? Yeah. And how that impacts your marriage even. So one of the things that has been like a key thing for our marriage and staying strong and being able to basically say you're my best friend and, mm -hmm. and vice versa, like we don't believe in best friends outside of mm -hmm. marriage, yeah. actually. And we don't allow our friendships with other people to become domineering. Like we always put our marriage first, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, and one thing that's really important is to be on the lookout for any relationship that you have that's potentially creating division in your marriage. That relationship, definitely you need to evaluate and either confront the issue and not spend yeah. time with that friendship. Or maybe that's actually a friendship that you need to like walk away from mm -hmm. actually, because your marriage, you have to protect your marriage at yeah. all costs. And so, you know, sometimes maybe you have a friend where they just don't like your husband. Right. Or, yeah. and so then they bring up things that irritate them. You should not be spending time with that friend. <clears throat> right. Mm -hmm. And so it's important that you have these discussions with your husband. If you're a woman, with your wife, if you're a man, right? Yeah. And you are even warning one another. There have been times where Isaac has had conversations where he's like, hey, can I talk to you about something? Or we've been on a date night, obviously no kids around, right? Mm -hmm. To be respectful of the friendship. And he's gone, hey, you know, I, I just want to bring up this friendship. You know, I, I'm not really sure if that friendship is the best for you and actually for our kids, Mm -hmm. And this is why I'm worried about this and this. I see these signs. And um, it's not that he was ever saying, I don't want you to spend time with them. He wasn't like patriarchal no. lording over in that kind of way. But it, it's important that you have that kind of relationship where like, hey, if there was, for example, we've also had this kind of conversation when you were running a business and there were mm -hmm. many women that worked for <clears> you, <throat> where Isaac, we always had these really important boundaries yep. from the beginning of our marriage. He was never in a meeting one-on-one -on -one with a woman alone ever, mm -hmm. always had multiple people there if he had to meet with somebody or would have one of our kids go even, yeah. right? Yeah, Kelsey came with me a lot. Yeah, but there were times where I would get a bad feeling about someone who maybe was like, I don't care if he's married. That makes him more attractive to me because that's the kind of society that we live in today, which mm -hmm. is strange. And Isaac maybe is just so driven in work that I think, oh, I don't know if he's really aware that that person flirts with him or whatever, mm -hmm. right? And so I've had to come to you and mm -hmm. go, hey, babe, I, I just don't feel comfortable with her. Yeah. And it's important that you can have those kinds of conversations with each other without there being defensiveness. So important. So important. And it's important that we're <clears throat> able to discuss the relationships that we see that our spouse has and go, yeah. is that actually a good relationship to pursue? And on the other side of going, hey, that person really seems to be influenced by you. Have you thought about sharing the gospel with them? Mm -hmm. Have you? I would just encourage you to, you know, like there. So there's the kind that you warn about, but then yeah. there's the kind that you encourage too. Now, now I know you exhaustively have studied friendship. Uh, between women at least and yeah. you did a course on it and it's amazing but mm -hmm. why don't you give people clarity on what we should actually be looking for in friendship okay so you guys <laughs> isaac's kind of putting me on the spot right now we don't we made it a little outline for our podcast like we always do but this is such a huge topic and we didn't really like this will be another episode for sure but go give us a snapshot okay. we haven't so maybe. 
five minutes for this oh, part. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, so most of you probably are going, what, did, what are you talking about? Um, so in 2014, I wrote a um, online Bible study. It was originally called The Quiet Fight Between Women, and then we revamped it and added to it. And so what should we look for in friendship? It's now um, on biblical friendship. And a lot of people have a misunderstanding of what it is. They Oftentimes when I speak at women's, re- well, mm-hmm. when I was speaking at women's retreats on this topic, I would ask people, what are the top things that you think are important in biblical friendship? And always in the top would be prayer, encouragement, mm-hmm. and forgiveness, right? And which makes sense for sure. But encouragement is, it actually reveals something because when you actually study encouragement, and I talk about this in the biblical friendship online Bible study, um, encouragement is actually in the Bible. When you look at the gr- the Greek translation of the word encouragement <clears throat> and you look at the Hebrew translation of encouragement in the new King James version in the King James version, that word actually only shows up four times and seven times. And mm. I, I go into depth into this more at other times, but the word that's actually used for biblical friendship more by God in the Bible is exhortation and encouragement. When you actually look at the the real definition now, you can do your own study, go to blueletterbible.org, look up what exhortation is, and you'll get a little number in there, and you can click on that number, and it'll tell you how many times that word shows up in the Old Testament and the New Testament, mm. and it's over 109 times. Wow. And so exhortation is actually a better description of what is a biblical requirement by God because friendship isn't to make you happy, it's to make you holy, which is kind of, that's a terminology that I use in the biblical friendship course because, um, and I learned that actually from Gary Thomas reading his book on sacred marriage where he says, what is marriage for? Is Mm -hmm. it to make you happy or to make you holy? It's to make you holy. Amen. Not happy. And this is a marriage podcast. So I think that that's definitely a good book to recommend. But I thought about that and I went, mm-hmm. whoa, I bet that it's the same for friendship also. And of course, I mean, you read verses like as iron sharpens iron. So when man sharpens the countenance of another and you just look at the the different aspects of friendship, the warnings actually in scriptures like Job, you definitely don't want to be a friend mm-hmm. like Job, like friend Job's friends, right? They were going to him going, what have you done? What kind of sin have you done that would create all this, right? And they're antagonizing him, tempting him to doubt God. Um, we don't want to be friends like Job's friends were, right? Um, we want to be the kinds of friends that God Actually, Jesus showed us an example for he had his 12 disciples, but then he had his three, three, and then he had his one beloved, right? And even his three that he took with him to be praying while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane fell asleep on him. So distill this down real quick, because I want everybody an action step from this section is to identify one to three other people that you really want to go deeper in friendship with that are going to have the courage to exhort you is the point that are going to have the um they're going to make prayer a priority they're going to pray for you um if you have free friendships and you think that they're biblical friendships and you don't have the comfortability to actually sit and pray together Mm -hmm. you actually don't have a biblical friendship that is the foundation. So what if you have a good friendship, but it hasn't got to a spiritual level? 
How do you enter into that with the, it, if it's it, one of those one You to guys, three? it's the same kind of steps that we're going through talking to you about regarding the depth, growing in depth in your marriage. It's the same kind of steps in the sense you of you have scary, to actually have the conversation and go, I desire for growth in this friendship. It's the exact same process we're going over today. Amen. You have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to step out on the you know, a step out on the limb and you got to go, you know what? I, I really appreciate your friendship mm -hmm. and I would love it if our friendship could go deeper. Do you want to do a Bible study together? Do you want to meet together once a week to pray? Do you want to just pray over the phone together for 20 minutes once a week? Um, or text me or do voice messaging. You guys, if you have Apple phones, like I voice message people in my life and it is so fast and they know that I can't necessarily get back to them right away. And, and I know that of them and we have grace for one another, but we're able to boxer one another or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And that's when your relationship is built on the solid rock, right? When you're taking the real, the raw, the vulnerable things, you're going, pray for me in this, or I'm struggling with this heart attitude or whatever. More than ever, we need solid Christians we can lean on and that can lean on us mm -hmm. as well. And so start being what you want for one to three other people. Right. And that's really important. And the other part of discussing friendships here is church. You know, in your church, maybe for some people, your kids have the best mm -hmm. friendships at your church. And maybe you're there because the youth group uh, you think is amazing and mm -hmm. your kids have great friendships, but maybe neither of you have good friendships mm -hmm. at church. I would challenge you to pursue, pick one to three people yep. and pursue that. And if you can't, maybe you're not at the right church. Maybe the church culture isn't one of instilling real fellowship. That's super, yeah. super important. Or maybe just the husband has some good buddies at, mm. at church and they go do things together, but the wife feels really alone. That is an important marriage conversation. Or maybe the wife has really good friends, but the guy can't connect with anybody. Might be his fault, not the people at church. Might be the people at church. Who knows? But you need to discuss that. And, and maybe, maybe your kids have friends, but neither you or your husband do. That If that's the case, I actually have to ask you a kind of a hard question. Why is it that you don't get along with the parents of your kids' friends? Yeah. Because you actually, if they're the kind of kids you want your kids hanging out with, then you should be like-minded with their parents because apples don't fall far from the tree. It's a sign that you're fruit. way too loose with who you're your kids spend time with right like if you don't like who their parents are let's just put it bluntly like if you don't you don't have the same convictions political views even i'm just going there yeah like then do you realize that your kid their kids are probably a lot like them and that's going to influence your children in fact we have a scripture here that's super important in proverbs 13 20 it says he who walks with a wise man will be wise oops sorry let me <laughs> stuck there but the companion of fools will be destroyed yeah yeah and so we need to be really evaluating like what are our friendships like and i in this topic of discussing friendships i also want to just um challenge maybe a challenge can i give them a challenge yeah um, a challenge is to actually evaluate where your friendships are at because maybe you have had a long-term friendship for like 10 years or 20 years, right? Maybe they grew up with somebody or they went to college with somebody and mm. they were close and used to go to chapel at college together and worship God together and go to church together. But now, 10 years later, they've been married, they've had some kids and maybe things have changed. Maybe they aren't really walking with the Lord. That friend isn't. Yeah. And maybe you are or maybe vice versa. 
You really need to evaluate your friendships every once in a while and go, hmm, should I be giving as much influence into my life to that person? And do I need to like maybe pursue deeper friendships with a few other people, which is what Isaac was saying, mm-hmm. like make a short list, one to three people you want to pursue. But you, you're you not going to have time to do that if you filled up your friendship holes, right? Your time with people who are not actually pushing you to grow. Well, here's a scripture on that, Proverbs 18, 24, which is a man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so it's really, we can have a lot of friends wide, mm-hmm. but do you have a few friends deep? Yeah. And you have to be careful with your time. You have to be careful with your time. And a few friends deep is going to go farther than a lot of friends wide. Yeah. And so um, the final point, super important, is discuss the mission as a, a marriage. Okay. So if you aren't on purpose as a married couple, if your strengths together aren't being used in some way, and by the way, that can be just alignment in how you're raising your kids. Mm-hmm. That can be alignment in the legacy you're trying to, to, to leave mm-hmm. and uh, a godly legacy. But are you on mission together? Because mm-hmm. when you are, mm-hmm. you will find that you're not as lonely. Mm-hmm. You're satisfied in your marriage. Yeah. And you're satisfied in God. Mm-hmm. And I think that if, if we're not satisfied in God and we're not satisfied in our marriage, mm-hmm. then we're going to be, you are going to be really lonely. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's not going to go that well in your other friendships either. We got to get it right with God first. We got to get it right in our marriage Mm -hmm. and we should be satisfied. And I know that we're a lot of places we're coming out of quarantine right now with the Mm -hmm. COVID thing. Uh, Some people are still in it. I know in Oregon, we actually still are. And, um, but that is something that exposes this Mm -hmm. right now is a time. So reflect on your time alone together as a family and have you been lonely that's an indicator of some serious problems yeah i think one of the things that we were talking about in regards to this um and we brought it up briefly with our church on our zoom call yesterday was um what what does the need for spending time with other people reveal right like there can be a good thing a good aspect to that and a negative aspect to that right the good aspect is that God created us as social beings. Yeah, we're made absolutely. to be in fellowship with one another. The Bible warns us about ne- not neglecting fellowship. So we should desire that for sure. We should. And if we don't, we need to ask the hard question, why? Is it because I have an independent rebellious spirit and I don't want to be accountable to other people? Because that's mm. not good. Yeah. But then there's the other aspect of that too, right? Yeah. Where is... Am I so dependent, is my happiness and my joy dependent upon doing fun things or being affirmed and getting accolades from people, other people that I spend time with because I'm so dissatisfied in my marriage and dissatisfied with my family? Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I not content even for a short period of time? Like, is there an element of selfishness that's there, right? And yeah. so I think that we, we need to be asking all of the hard questions, Absolutely. not just one or two. Yeah. And, and if, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and in that, like, be willing to talk to your husband about that. Like, go, okay, so if I'm feeling this loneliness, I what is it? Like, God gave you to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to work on our friendship more during this time and view this time as an opportunity for that versus a desire for escaping something that isn't there to go to something that is. Yeah, so let's just make sure we're not escaping, and it's yeah. good to have both desires. But if you're not on mission, 
you'll fall to distraction. We tend to try and escape when we're not purposeful. And escapism is ugly. We can have fake versions of connection with human beings called social media, mm-hmm. called feeling good when we post something and we get accolades for it. Mm-hmm. Um, these are fake relational fillers. And there could be lots of these fake relational fillers. It could be that you go to um, a certain women's thing, but everybody stays surfacy. And so you feel like I'm doing the right things for relationship, but there aren't any real deep relationships happening. And there isn't any good fruit. Like they go home and then there's no like deeper connections a week or two weeks later, then they're back to their loneliness, right? Yeah. And that that's a sign that there isn't real authentic depth happening. And I think that it's important that we recognize that when we have our relationship built on Christ and there's yeah. a like-mindedness in friendship, and this goes for marriage and for other friendships, when we actually have that, one um, good symptom of a healthy relationship is that there's such a like-mindedness there that you know I'm on mission, I know you're on mission. So there's no like need for having to get together so often mm-hmm. and, and then feeling bad if we don't. Yeah. But there's a trust, right? Expecting virtue in one another, going, yeah. hey, I know that they're doing the Great Commission with their kids. I'm going to cheer them on. I'm going to send them a little prayer text so that they know I'm thinking about them and praying for them, even though I can't see them right now. But then when you get together, you're like excited. You're always excited to to exhort one another and challenge one another in a good kind of way. Oh, I see you bring up a good point, which is another point here that I want to make sure gets said, which is when people are succeeding, we should be fanning their flames when people are thriving. Mm -hmm. And it's, there's a sign of corruption in your heart. When you get that competitive feel, when you get that comparison and you Mm -hmm. feel negative and you're comparing Mm -hmm. someone else's highlights with your, realities realities which could be low lights (laughs) low lights and that's another indicator that you're scrolling way too much on social media and or if you you think that nobody understands like you know that's one of the signs that you're scrolling too much you're making assumptions you don't really know people is when you make assumptions thinking oh they don't know how i feel and i'm i'm in this right and so i think that it's and i've been there like the only reason why i'm able to say it is because i've experienced that myself and I've had to catch myself and set boundaries and talk to my husband. And so I think that, you know, we've talked about a lot today in this podcast. I I hope that it's encouraging to you guys in a growing kind of way. Um, But just know that we pray for you guys out there. We we deeply care for the hearts of like-minded brothers and sisters. We feel like we're on a mission with you. And let's Mm -hmm. go impact one million legacies. We appreciate you very much. Blessings. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.